0: Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Live, Learn, Lead with me, Alison Geskin. Today we are going to deep dive into the business and personal sides of Abdul Ahmed, founder and CEO of Adesso Man, creator, curator, community connector, change agent, confidence builder, and developer of the modern man. So what made him this way? Why this deep-rooted desire to create a more meaningful and connected life? Why this drive for brand, for business, for strategy that's woven into an atmosphere that builds confidence, leaving a lasting impact that was and has been a significant gap in men's retail? So today, my friends, I want you to sit back and kick off your shoes and buckle in, for we are about to go on an incredible ride. One where we look at what it takes to be Abdul as he continues to be a catalyst. Leading the charge for providing accessible style for men of all walks of life. Changing how men feel about themselves, transforming perceptions, growing confidence, and unlocking self-expression. (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was an intense, intense uh, intro. I loved it. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me, Allison. I'm so excited for today. Your smile
0: yeah. just got wider and wider <laughs> yeah, and wider, and I'm like, don't make me laugh. No, don't me it was laugh. great.
1: I mean, the way that you had. Oh, I'm I'm excited for this. I'm That's excited. Thank I you feel so about much. You. Yes.
0: I've been following you guys and been, you know, a part of your, watching your success for a long time. And it just makes my heart sing to see you guys be successful.
1: Thank you so much. No, thanks for, for being a part of our journey. You've been there from <laughs> the beginning. I feel, uh, I think we first met during an event uh, and I think you were speaking and since yeah, then. Just our, connected. Yeah. a relationship, we just kicked it, you know, we, we just, kicked off our relationship that yeah. way and it was it was natural and then we met Elliot and now it's been I think years now since we've been in each other's lives. And, Time uh, flies. Yeah Time we've learned flies. so much from you and thank you for your support uh, mm. along this way. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to get into things. Oh yeah. I
0: think you have such an incredible story. One that's about grit and determination mm. and you know to be an entrepreneur you got to be a little bit crazy.
1: Um. Yeah, a lot of it crazy. I think I've been called that a few times <laughs> in my life. But. Did you
0: ever think, so let's take a, us back to like after school, you were working in men's retail. Mm-hmm. Like what did you like about it? What did you didn't like about it?
1: When I first moved to Calgary, I was, I did my high school in Pakistan actually. And a really? lot of people don't know that. So I graduated high school when I was, uh, it was 18. How many
0: languages do you speak? I, sp-
1: I speak two. I've got Urdu and I speak uh, English, obviously. Incredible. Um, Urdu is my mother tongue. I, you know, we speak it at home still. I moved to Windsor, Ontario mm-hmm. when I was 18 years old for university. And it was, I Came by myself, didn't have a lot that I brought with me. Wait a
0: minute, you came by yourself?
1: I came by myself. That's
0: courageous. Yeah,
1: so um, my parents had gone through a little bit of a financial crisis. Mm. You know, we were, my dad was a businessman. So I I come from an entrepreneurial family. My entire family has been in jewelry manufacturing and retail for- few generations. Wow. So I always had that bug in me. Um, always had a feeling I'd be in business at some point. We had migrated to Canada um, in mid-90s. We got our citizenship. My dad had business here. So we'd moved around a lot. I actually grew up in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Oman for about 11 years. Wow. My dad had a retail shop there and then uh, he had he set up a business in Canada and the states so we came to winter for a little while we got our citizenship and then he decided we wanted to go back to the middle east mm-hmm. so lived in the middle east for a year and a half, uh, I think till I was in grade eight, and then we moved to Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had gone through some some trouble with business, so we had to kind of take a step back which was which was tough because you know we lived a pretty blessed life. you know yeah. my dad did well for himself, and then it was a little bit of an adjustment for us, so
0: don't you think though that teaches
1: you resiliency oh, like people look at huge. failure
0: like, oh my God, I'm failing and i like to look at failure as a lesson and it just builds resilience if you can get through that you can get through anything and i think
1: that's that's one of the biggest things that uh, could have happened in my life was going from where we were mm-hmm. uh, as a family to where we ended up because mm-hmm. a lot of people just give up and you know they tend to blame the universe or sure. or whatever like why is this happening to me and for me it was like i need to find a way back i mm-hmm. need to learn from the mistakes that were made and you know find a better path forward and i knew i was living in pakistan and i knew there wasn't a lot of future for me there um you know we still had ties in canada mm-hmm. so finished high school i started working in pakistan at a call center actually (laughs) i love it you know and that teaches you you so much in itself so the reason for me i was like i need to get out of here i gotta get me a ticket i gotta get my first semester of tuition figured out Mm -hmm. so i did that and then i was like peace out see you later and then i came to windsor we had some family in windsor i did about a i did a semester or and a half maybe maybe almost a year but then I, I was broke. I had no money at mm-hmm. all. Literally, you know, I had some really amazing friends that helped me out to come to Calgary. And even when I was in Windsor, you know, there was I was living in this small room and off of like maybe three, four hundred dollars a month. But my first job was retail. Wow, and I knew it was weird because when I when I came here, I loved the malls, and it was it was like I'm like, oh, I want to be in fashion, <laughs> and I love fashion and jewelry, and just coming yeah. coming from that background, I just fell in love with with fashion and retail, and I knew that's something that I wanted to pursue in the future. I had some really great friends that helped me out. We finally I've moved out to Calgary. Maybe it's been like almost 14 years now. I'm so
0: glad you made that decision.
1: It was it's wild, you know. I always say. God's had my back. Like I'm so blessed because not a lot of people have those opportunities. I was mm-hmm. I was in a weird dead-end place one semester at university. I wanted to complete school obviously. That's the reason why I came here and uh, to you know start a new life and build something for myself. Jesus, talk about sink or swim. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like I've been In that struggle from a very young stage in my life, I have no complaints. I think God put me where I needed to be to learn the things that I needed to learn to become the person that that I'm becoming, right? And then moving to Calgary, yeah, it was a game changer because, again, I, I knew what I knew, which was I was good at sales, I was good at, with people, mm-hmm. and that's how I got into fashion and retail. And and then since then, it's a wild ride, but I went to university while I was working full time. <laughs> um, I came up with the idea of a deso while I was in university during a university class, and we had to do a business plan and come up with an idea and i came up with this idea of like a men's boutique is your prof do you ever talk to your prof yeah, in that class he he's actually come and bought stuff from us i love it it's it's really interesting i love it he must be so proud he, yeah i mean it's it's so crazy to think that we came up with this idea in university and i was like man you know what this might actually work being in retail mm-hmm. it made sense because there's such a there was a gap especially in the men's market you know working most stores are targeted towards women and uh, at
0: like 80% yeah
1: even more actually there's maybe like two or three stores in the mall that have uh, a men's specific
0: isn't that crazy
1: uh collection it is
0: i think that's crazy
1: i think it's a societal thing and that's Mm. something that you know why we even exist today the idea came up from that lack of of inspiration that we found in in men's fashion especially here in alberta like Mm -hmm. we were definitely inspired by what was happening in europe and even larger cities in the u.s and canada but People were very conservative. I still think people are conservative. I still think there's this taboo around men wanting to, to express themselves or mm-hmm. explore fashion and self-care. And they still, you know, we, we have this idea of what uh, a man should be and, and what he should look like. I remember back in mid-2000s when someone was, you know, dressed well or took care of themselves, they were considered Metro. Do you remember that <laughs> metrosexual? Yeah. And, and it, was Actually, almost, yeah. it was almost derogatory. Like it was yeah. like, "Oh, you're metrosexual," like you know. And people would take that personally sometimes. Mm-hmm. And
0: you may be made to feel like an outcast ex- when you were just expressing ex- how you really felt.
1: Exactly, we're taking care of yourself. Right. Yeah. working in retail, we we get questions like, "Oh, where do I get this?" or "Where can I find this?" And there wasn't a lot of options, especially for accessories. And I think for men it's harder to make a bigger change Mm -hmm. but when it comes to your fashion sense or self-care routine or whatever if you can but you start to do little things it kind of snowballs right Mm -hmm. so that's where we thought it would be a great entry level kind of market to get into the accessory market because you can use accessories to really elevate your your look and feel and feel a little bit more confident or express yourself in a certain way or show show some character or color Uh, be bold and so we're like hey there's there's not a lot of accessory options for men and we we would look at like brands like aldo accessories for example Mm that's for women like man what if we did an elevated version for of that but for men Mm. you know like everything in between not just you know not not apparel Mm -hmm. but everything that completes the look Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where the idea of adesso came up for me and also creating a community around fashion and lifestyle for men and educating men and helping them feel confident in themselves to explore, you know, to to try something new, get out of this box.
0: You know, one of the things that I think that makes you guys, there's so many things that make you guys stand apart from everybody else that's kind of playing in that space is that not only do you offer it, but you show them how. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big piece. You know, when we look at magazines or we look at, you know, any of our social feeds and we get get inspired, but when we actually buy the piece for Mm -hmm. men and for women, we're kind of like, well, we don't know how. It looked Mm -hmm. good on that person, but that person was a model and they were ideal, but this looks kind of weird on me. You guys actually walk your... Customers through the how, yeah, and show them the diversity of how to do that, and yeah. that, I think that's one of the key differentiators with you guys because I don't think anybody else is doing that. Thank right you. Now.
1: It's it's such a huge part of our actual mission mm. is to to be relatable, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it, people need to see themselves mm-hmm. in the model, for example, mm-hmm. right? And we've actually kind of shifted our, our ideology now when it comes to how we present our products, but it is an education. Yeah. right it is about helping guiding people through this you mm-hmm. know we we say we're your fashion guides like g u i you know guides right like we're, we're your guy like we're, we're your fashion wingmen right like yep. we're going to we're going to have your back mm-hmm. in a sense and we're not going to pressure you into anything we want you to feel comfortable within your own skin it's okay to try new things but it has to be within what you're comfortable with. We don't we we don't want you out there doing something that's not going to make you feel good, mm-hmm. right? It's not about just how you look, right? I think at the end of the day, everybody's after a feeling. Yeah, it's not even if they want to look a certain type of way, either they want to feel acknowledged, they want to get noticed, they want to matter. Mm-hmm. And I think for for a lot of people, how why they express a certain way or they buy products is because. They're, they want to feel that. They want to mm-hmm. feel like, hey, and you know, I want to feel good. I want to feel noticed. I want to love myself or whatever that feeling you're after. Everybody yeah. has different things that they're after. Absolutely. But, you know, with luxury brands, people are after status and prestige that mm-hmm. they want to feel like they, you know, are at a certain level in life, mm-hmm. right? So we, we wanted to really target the average guy mm-hmm. that's looking to switch things up to um, change the their normal of what they're used to and make it relatable for them. And so guiding them and giving them that advice is really important for us. And that's why the stores and having the face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. uh, part of our model act- made us successful. Because initially we were all about e-commerce right everybody's all about e-commerce right now and and about how can we connect and create community online i come from a very traditional background of of retail and creating relationships seeing my dad do it through his entire life and he's a huge relationship guy most of Mm -hmm. his business is done through relationships and actual face-to-face meeting somebody understanding them learning about them being invested in them whereas online it's a little bit tougher and we found that there was that disconnect and that's why we kind of changed our strategy early on mm-hmm. um,
0: which I think was super smart
1: to just hey let's build a really great local following mm-hmm. and and, um, and we're good we, we know what we're good at we're good at creating these relationships let's just do what we're good at yep yeah. and so we started doing pop-ups and markets mm-hmm. and, and events and really creating a customer base that way mm-hmm. um, and again showing people, and guiding people through the process of, hey, you know what? Maybe you've never worn a lapel pin before, but let me show you how you do it. Mm-hmm. We still get people like, "Yo, what's a lapel pin?" <laughs> <And we have laughs> I to think wa- Elliot
0: has the first one, yeah, that, like the very first prototype, prototype that you guys that have done, we, yeah, yeah, no.
1: And Elliot loves them, yeah. and, and you know, even like little things like bracelets and rings mm-hmm. and pocket squares and how to wear a pocket square mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And, and people still, you know, they come and ask us, and they. They send us messages and, and even our content now is a lot more educational and teaching people how to, to use these items in their daily life.
0: You really do a lot of community building though too, right? And you really, one of the things, again, you know, we, we've had you know, some great insight into it, but I think that once, a, once you have a customer, you have them for life mm-hmm. and I can speak from experience. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a lot of people. I think that's the one thing that we wanted to change in, in how retail was done because retail became really transactional. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I've worked in retail for over fifteen years, and I've seen how it became transactional. There, was, it was all about the numbers. It was all about hitting target. It was all about how much your average sale is and how many t- how many people you convert. It was mm-hmm. just numbers. That relationship, that transaction, that energy exchange was like lost. And I think when when someone is giving you money and receiving something in return, there's an energy exchange that happens. Yeah. So we really, really believe that, you know, it wasn't just about their transaction from us. It was about how can we be a part of this person's life and journey uh, for as long as possible, mm-hmm. right? At different stages in, in in their life, right? And so we, we look at it as a customer journey map, basically, or say customer lifetime value versus that transactional value. Yeah. So it's not just about that first transaction, but how do we nurture that relationship? Mm. and and not take them through the stages to a point where they are advocates and ambassadors for our brand mm-hmm. and they're part of our community now they're part of that inner circle they you know they belong with us they're our tribe
0: yeah they're ro- they're loyal raving it, fans exactly yeah. and it's
1: and it's not easy because you know we live in a world where there's a lot of distractions mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people pulling you in different ways, so to build a loyal following is not easy, and I think that's what you know successful brands do. They are really good at building that that community factor um, and again if it's it's all about value, right? Yeah. How do you create value for people in their lives once you they see that, when you take them from point A to point B, you know I truly believe that's your that's your purpose mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur is like to understand what change people want in their lives and to help them get Get there.
0: How did you find your partners?
1: Oh, you know, again, it's, it's a lot of it is luck and blessings. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you put it out into the universe and it happens. Lucas, I actually worked with at Mm -hmm. at one of my old jobs. I was his manager and he was, it was a part-time gig for him. And he He did most of our inventory management, but he was great at sales too, but super smart guy. Like we'd always talk about business and ideas and um, he has a computer science background. So he's just knows everything about everything. I love that. Like, you know, this guy can figure anything out and he just had a lot of passion Yeah. and I knew at some point we'd be, we'd be working together or doing something together. I just knew through friends, he was an acquaintance and uh, he was just you've seen it as, you know, this guy, (laughs) you can't miss him. I look at him. I'm like, I, if I want to, if I want to do something in fashion, this would be the dude to work with, yeah. you know, because he know he would know way more about style, especially the way that he dresses. He's very European. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, flamboyant out there. He he was not afraid to express himself, and he's super confident about it. And I'm like, okay, uh, when it comes to, he makes
0: it look so easy, and he
1: does, and that's yeah. it's just his natural who he is, and you know, he wears it well. He doesn't have to try; it's effortless for him. I pitched the idea to them, actually before conception like two years prior and really I, yeah so it was
0: percolating for that was, long it was
1: something going on in my head i was like okay we need to do this we need something mm-hmm. for men there's nothing here for guys and uh what do you guys think and they're like yeah i think it's a great idea I'm like okay i'll let you know when i'm ready and it took me about <laughs> two years to actually make it happen and and you know we had to get all the other all finances and the planning and all that yeah. and and, and and also just doing it because a lot of times people plan too much and just don't do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to jump in oh, yes. and figure it out. Yes, we just jumped in, and you know, I, asked, I just I pitched him the idea, and he was all in. He's like, "Yeah, I'd love to be your creative director and and help us produce items and be our buyer." And Lucas did all of our supply chain management, finding the suppliers, um, managing production, setting up our website. All of our oh, handyman yeah. work, <laughs> like he, he's done. He he's like honestly, Lucas and I cannot be here without them. They are my family. They're they're they've been there for for me for for this long and through all the crap, like all how you, the shit. How do you
0: guys resolve conflict? Because
1: conflict happens. It happens, you know, all the time. It's really interesting because we. You know, COVID was tough for us, for and sure. we that actually tested our relationship quite a bit. Because number one, we thrive when we're working together, when yeah. we're in each other's energy bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, bouncing ideas off of each other, coming up with different things, and you know, you're excited and you're motivated. Well, you know, COVID really put a stop to all of that. We were all confined to our homes. Mm-hmm. Everybody's stressed out. Everyone's like, "Oh, what's next? What's next? What's next?" And we don't know where we're going. You know, 2019 was one of our best years and we're going into 2020 like, yes, let's open up a store here. Let's open, you know, mm-hmm. Toronto, Vancouver. We're scaling let's up, scaling look up. out,
0: world domination. This and
1: that, right? And then boom. Yeah. And you're just like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are we supposed to do now? <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just, you, you're kind of in panic mode. And the thing with me is something that, you know, obviously I had to learn this um, and I'm still working on it is I tried to like fix everything, especially in crisis. It's like, I want to take control. You know, I'm like, and, and I, you know, I, I do, I do, you know, believe that we work really well as a team, but then as I just feel so responsible, you know, right. being at, you know, being the founder, being hey, I'm I'm the idea guy. I'm the vision. I'm the the CEO. So it's my responsibility. And the
0: buck stops with you.
1: Exactly. It's a so a lot
0: of pressure. And
1: so take everything on on me. And it's not just that. You have other stakeholders and other people that are you know relying on you. And mo- a lot of it was just like I don't want to let people down, and mm-hmm. I don't want to let myself down. And I've worked so hard, and blah blah blah. And you make it about yourself too, but it's. It's a lot. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of emotions that you're kind of working For through sure. and frustration. So we started just distancing ourselves. We, we didn't talk. It was just a lot of pressure. And I think the way that I was communicating wasn't great either. Um, and I I feel like I put a lot of pressure on the guys as well to step up and mm-hmm. and to it was so uncertain at that time but you know you still feel like oh things aren't working the way that they should or they should be working harder i should For be sure. working harder everybody should be doing more and i was in it was it was causing a lot of conflict between us so um you think
0: that's that's got to be natural though, so you think about it when you go through in a business cycle or a per, or a personal cycle, you go through only short bursts of chaos, yeah, right, chaos, everything's on fire, you solve the problem, and then you've got a bit of a lull time right you guys have just come out of what sixteen, seventeen months of like the worst shit sandwich mm. anybody has ever had. Mm. So you gotta give yourself just a little bit of a
1: break. Yeah, and that's I think that's what we needed. We needed a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. And um, how we we talk. The thing is, we're loyal to each other, yeah. and that's the most important thing. Is like I put them first before I put the business. Mm-hmm. My relationship with Lucas and Ayaz will always precede what precedes what happens with the business. And I, you know, I had to realize I had to realize that, and I had to tell them that I'm like, listen, you know what, the business, this, these things it could fall apart, but we'll build it back up again, you know, but as long as we're together Mm -hmm. and that's the conversation that we had. I'm like, listen, guys, like, you know, we've been through a lot of shit together and this is just another bump in the road. Mm -hmm. And we, we had to be really honest with each other too. Like, Hey, what are my shortcomings? What are things that I need to work on? Started with myself and then each one of them talked about it. And then we created um, uh, I think communication was Lacked, right mm-hmm. so we created a really great communication plan for each of us where hey we were talking x amount of times a week we were uh, we were um, recapping each other x amount of times uh, x times a week yeah that way we knew what was going on because we felt so isolated during uh, covid and I'm sitting at home, Think Not knowing what Ayaz is working on and For sure. not knowing what Lucas is working on, expecting nothing's happening, thinking nothing's happening, but they're doing their own thing. They're just not communicating it
0: with mm-hmm. me. And the anxiety and builds it, ex- and builds and builds.
1: Exactly. So so yeah, I, we just had to talk it out. We had to be really honest with each other. And then again, we just had to you know, tell each other, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, it's business. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. As long as we're good, we'll be fine. I love that. Yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. I love how you put people first. Yeah. I think you always have put people first. Though. Yeah.
1: I think that's the most important thing to me. I'm like, who else are we doing this for? Mm-hmm. You know, it, I have, um, I, I truly believe even from a business standpoint, even as from a personal standpoint, we're put on this planet to serve. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're supposed to learn. You know, I think every everything that happens in our life, all the experiences that we go through are meant to teach us that, hey, this is not, this isn't about you. You're not the only one here. You know, you were put on this planet to, to, to serve others, um, you know, and, and so once you once you realize that and you come into that purpose, then it's yeah, then it's it's easy. It's I mean, you do want things for yourself. I'm not going to be, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for here?
0: truly like altruistic. Like nothing yeah. matters. I don't need to yeah. make any money. Yeah. I don't need to pay exactly. bills. Exactly. Exactly.
1: But that but, needs to happen. Yeah. The money and the, is, is a resource and a tool to help other people, to, to drive people forward, to create change in this world. And I think once you have that mission, things also work differently. You'll you'll notice the universe works for you differently too. So things have truth? worked out in weird ways for us sometimes. I'd be we we've we've hit rock bottom multiple times, and we're like, okay, here we go, we're wrapping it up. <laughs> you know, we don't know when the next uh, the next deal is coming from or whatever, and all of a sudden it's like boom, really? out of nowhere.
0: So you learned how to thrive in the chaos.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like chaos has just been part of my life for so long that mm-hmm. it's it's just natural to me to mm. be able to to deal with it. And I I truly do believe uh, the best of us and the most successful have come through struggle and chaos. Yeah, and and to to create what they've created in, in this life. So you know, people people have this negative connotation about struggle or or whatever, but I I think struggle is essential and chaos is essential.
0: Well, and this is one of the reasons why I started the podcast because as I got to meet really incredible people like yourselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I would be and I would listen to you and I'd be like does everyone know your story? Because I think there's this weird fallacy that success is perfect and it's easy and it's just it's the car, it's the symbols, but it's not. Success is gritty and hard and awful and lonely and yeah. it, you need to be crazy and you need to there's just something Something that doesn't exist inside of your head and maybe it's not even in your heart, maybe it's in your soul that drives you to shuck safety. You could have got a regular job, yeah. been an accountant, had security, yeah. but that wasn't for you. No. And so why? So leaning into that, mm-hmm. I think that's extraordinary. So I kind of want to like demystify the fact that success isn't easy. And when you look at other people and you think, oh well, they must be successful and they must have gotten it so easy. Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: No, and it's not as glamorous as you think it is. Even mm-hmm. running a business, you know, people think, oh, yeah, you must be doing really well. Like, no, nah, I have, I pay, other people make way more money than me in my own business.
0: Do you think it's because, so I look at the three of you and I look at you, do you think that people look at you and see your success, not for the material parts of your success, but because you guys are so flipping happy?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It could it could be that. It is honestly, that's Cuz that's what you
0: exude. Like when you walk into one of your stores, it's like happy. You're like so happy to see someone and you make someone you make people feel good. And when you're at events or when we see each other out and about, it's like you're always happy and maybe that's what people are chasing. Isn't the money, but maybe they're chasing that feeling. That,
1: you know what? I will 100% agree with you <gasps> on that one. It's it's not about it's definitely not about the the money for me personally, yeah. and I, and I know you know everybody has their own idea of what success will be, but being in your purpose, serving people, doing something for others, making an impact, mm-hmm. you know, helping someone achieve their goals, get closer to their dreams, become a better person, it's so fulfilling. Yeah. It is the most fulfilling thing. So even even if I'm not a bajillionaire in the next ten years. But I'm still doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna show up with the same energy every single day and go to bed happy, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm doing what I meant to do in my life. And I think being content that I
0: think is yeah, success. Yeah,
1: yeah I, that's it. That like, is success. And and also the fact that, you know, I, I'm so proud of myself and I'm so proud of my team that we don't give up. Yeah. We don't stop. And I think that is another um, you know. Characteristics of success is not giving up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you 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 fail when you give up. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're still on the journey, if you're still on the wagon, you're still, you know, going, you're <laughs> successful. <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So so I think that that is, is super important. I think we we have this misconstrued idea of what success is and what social media tells us and what the news tells us and mm-hmm. all these books and whatnot. And I think people don't know what it actually feels like to go through this process. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not easy. It takes years sometimes. Yeah. Some people get lucky.
0: You know, success doesn't happen that way. Luck doesn't happen that way. And leadership, mm. you know, doesn't happen that way either. Yeah. Right. There's certainly you can be born to have certain traits of a good leader, but a lot of it is, you know, that testing ground. Mm know, taking things for a spin. I'm going to try this. I'm going to learn this. I've read this. I saw this. I, how, I, how can I make this my own? What leadership lesson are you living in right now?
1: What leadership? Patience. <laughs> 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 it's like the number one <laughs> right now for me. And I feel like, it, and it's been constantly coming to me actually, mm. um, you know, in the last three to four months, it's like, hey, be patient, mm-hmm. you know, keep keep committed to what you're doing, Mm -hmm. continue working towards your goals and your purpose and your mission to help people. And as long as you're committed to that, be patient, things will work out the way that they are meant to.
0: How do you insulate yourself or bubble wrap yourself from all the noise as a leader, as a founder, how do you insulate yourself? How do you stick to or anchor yourself into what's really important, whether or not it's goals or priorities? Mm -hmm. How do you,
1: Take everything else out. Yeah, you know, for me, it's um, it's very spiritual mm. to me. I, I I connect, and that's that's my anchoring point, right? Like God is a huge part of my life, and uh, my spirituality is a huge part of my life. I know when I'm in in that moment of meditation and prayer that I can kind of filter everything else out mm-hmm. and understand that you know what, this is all part of my journey, and that. As long as my intention is good and I'm working hard yeah. and I'm constantly looking for solutions, what the outcome is doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and, and every, anybody, I don't care about what anybody else thinks, right? I don't, I believe I answer to my creator and, yeah. and I answer to myself and that's it. I don't have to answer to anybody else. So, you know, I'm critical of me. A lot of the noise is internal, to be honest. <laughs> yes, You know, so if we're trying to filter anything, you got to filter the, in, what's in between your head here. Mm-hmm. And so that's the hard part, to be honest. I, external, not so much. Not so much. Mm. Yeah. Do you, ever,
0: do you ever get imposter syndrome?
1: Oh, I mean, you know, it's it's so interesting that people talk about uh, imposter syndrome. I don't think it's a syndrome. Like, I don't know why people call it. It's a just synd- a label. It's a, you know, I I don't understand that idea of imp- yeah. We all feel doubts. Mm-hmm. You know, we all think like, are we doing the right thing? Or am I on the right path? Or am I good enough? That's mm-hmm. this self worth question that we. Everybody has within themselves is is just answering like, am I on the right path? What is my purpose? Why am I on this planet? What am I meant to do? You know, like am I do I matter? Yeah. That's what we're trying to answer, right? At the end and the answer
0: is in yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you're if you're doing it, how are you an imposter? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're out here grinding it out every single day, looking for solutions, trying to help people, impact people, build a business. Um, do whatever. You're not an imposter. You're doing it. <laughs> I think an imposter is somebody that's not doing it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's all for show. Yep. Yeah. No substance.
1: Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, I think we need to relabel this whole imposter syndrome thing because a lot of people talk about it. I think it's a big topic of discussion and how people feel. And there's now communities around imposter syndrome and like people coming together. I think we need to change the narrative and, and, you know, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You feel doubts. Everybody feels doubts. It's Mm -hmm. all good. You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah.
0: I think what's really interesting in how you put it is that, you know, in a world where we're so more connected than any other generation before us, so more connected Mm -hmm. to everything and anything. And yet we feel so alone. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that
1: is. Why do you, why do you think that is? It's, it's tough for me because there's times that I've felt alone, mm-hmm. but again, you know, because I just, I root into my spirituality and I'm, I don't ever feel alone because I I'm, I feel like I have my creator with me yeah. at all times guiding me. So it's like, am I really alone? Not really. So
0: Well, I get that. I mean, as an entrepreneur myself and business owner myself, mm-hmm. all the decisions are mine to make. Yeah. All the mistakes are mine to make. Yeah. And even though I've got a great resource, fantastic husband, lots of friends that I can tap into, Mm -hmm. be like, "Hey, is this kind of crazy?" It is still the burden is on me to Mm -hmm. make that decision and drive that decision Mm -hmm. and decide what which which path to take. And it isn't the fact that my path is limited. I think my path is too varied in choices. I can do this, and I can do this, and I want to do this, and Mm -hmm. I want to do this, and I want to do this. Right. And then it's like, which what what lever do I pull first? Right. And so it's really interesting on how that creates
1: aloneness. Okay. Just Mm. the fact that you have to make that decision by yourself? Yeah. Okay. Have you you ever thought about giving somebody else the the handle at at, at any point?
0: Are you crazy? No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, uh, absolutely. Uh, I have a great business coach. Right. Everybody should have a business coach, right. everyone should have a coach, oh my God. Right. Um, that ha- just helps me kind of noodle some things around and help me pinpoint what is it that I really want? What do I, what do I really want to achieve? What ignites me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did my own why work and so I found out that I'm a fulfillment junkie. Right. The reason why I'm on this planet is to be able to give and receive fulfillment. And that's what I chase. So when people win.
1: Mm-hmm. Makes you happy. Oh my
0: God, yeah. it's like being high. It's like yeah. better than being high.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 great. I feel I'm, I'm I feel like I'm. If I were to do that, I would probably come up with the same outcome as you. We're gonna do I, it. We'll do it. I, I love the idea of you know seeing people win. Yeah. And um, but yeah, like going back to feeling alone. Um, you know, you can feel alone just because you your pressure is on you. Mm-hmm. You're you're the founder. You're the owner. You're the um the CEO of this company. And there's I, a lot at stake. It, it, there's a lot at stake, and but you, I also think like you have to surrender at times. Mm -hmm. And that's hard because that means surrendering your ego Mm -hmm. of being the founder, of being the person that thinks they know everything. (laughs) That's, (laughs) (laughs) And I think like a lot of us as as founders think that we know everything, but we don't. And we have to trust. I just hire much smarter people than I am. You know, and that's, Great. Mm-hmm. So, and and you know that's why I I'm blessed. Maybe in a way that I have Ias and Lucas, and I have the support system that I do. That I don't feel alone. Like I can go to my dad and ask him. Yeah. I can go to Lucas and ask him. And in our business, we actually we have a three yes rule. There's, we, we have discussions. It's not, I'm not the only one making the decision. I will take every decision to my business partners Mm -hmm. and I'll be like, Hey guys, let's have a conversation about this. And then they'll present their ideas and I literally have to sell it to them. And then once they're on board, then we make that decision. So. Well,
0: I like that because then they can take your idea, poke some bullet holes in it. And then it just comes out after you take it for a spin it comes out even stronger
1: exactly
0: it's incredible i
1: i tr- truly believe that having partners and having a team Mm -hmm. um is essential and having advice like an advisory board even if you're a a sole proprietor you're doing you're running your business on your own having an advisory board yeah people that you bounce ideas off of Mm -hmm. people that can challenge you that can critique you that can give you feedback because that's how you grow yeah right like if you're not open to criticism and feedback then i I think you're very limited and you become stagnant and Mm -hmm. you're you're you know you don't come out of your bubble Mm -hmm. and even the three of us are in our own bubble. So the three of us will also come out of our own bubble and talk to people outside of our uh, immediate network to be like, hey, what do you think of this idea? Or what do you think of this? or it just what
0: widens if- your perspective.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Helps yeah. you make better choices. Exactly. Because you don't know. We, we we might be in tunnel vision and seeing things a certain way. And we've made decisions that way that haven't worked out for us mm. multiple times. So,
0: What's percolating for you right now? That you want to achieve in like, let's say the next year.
1: In the next year. Okay. What's, what's
0: percolating? What's yeah. Percolating? So,
1: you know, it's been an interesting time. We've had to really take a step back with our business. Um, you know, this isn't out there yet, but we're going to have to close one of our shops. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that we just had to make an operational decision that makes sense for our business, yeah. um, which, is, which sucks. It's not easy. There's again ego attachments to that too that you just have to let go of. We want to get back to our roots because I do feel that in the last year, year and a half, we've been reacting uh mm-hmm. to what's happening. In sure, the world. open close, open, open close, close, open. Close. And, and and trying to just get by and and you know, have have enough cash flow to get through, right? Uh, so we haven't really had a chance to create. Yeah. And we want to go back to our roots of creating Mm -hmm. and really working on product development and really designing and creating collections. Uh, we're looking at going, getting into apparel now, which has been really exciting for us. So cool. So, you know, we want to get back and kind of simplify. Mm-hmm. Focused back to product development and brand development and people and people, and that's and that's the most important thing for us. Um, you know, our shops are a great kind of entryway for people to experience who so we are having one shop. I think we can achieve that at least for the next year, just until things settle. Yeah, but going back to creating products, and I, I do think that's. That's where we what we love is is to really solving those problems, especially for men, and then also really focused on community and building community and educating, uh, educating our community around fashion and style and self care. So that's going to be our major goal for the next year is to come back to that foundational piece of who we are and what we enjoy and why we do what we do. I
0: love it. Yeah. I love it. I cannot wait to watch you guys continue to grow. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure to have you today. I know.
1: I feel like it wasn't enough time. (laughs) It never is. eh?
0: It never ever is. No, but thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for having me. Thank you for just being amazing. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much, Alvin.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Live, Learn, lead with me, Allison Geskin. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow. And a great free way to support this podcast is to review and rate it. Always remember, my friends, that the most powerful thing you can be is you.